How about and the you, widow that sleeps with Bond yeah. right after the guy dies? Yeah. The same day as the funeral. Yes. And she's like crying like as she's doing it. Yes. Like, where did this I come don't from? Understand. I, I, that's such, that is such BS. Yeah. It's so cheap. <laughs> Welcome to Pulp Fiction. This is the one where we review Spectre, the newest of the James Bond flicks. I am your host, Brandon Rabar, joined by my co-host, Jacob Crisip and Rachel Jameson. And every week we review a new movie. And uh, this is, we do spoilers here, so you will be spoiled. Uh, let's check out that Spectre trailer. You had no authority. None. Mexico City. What were you doing there? I was taking some overdue holiday. So what's going on, James? They say you're finished. What do you think? I think you're just getting started. Magnificent, isn't she? Zero to 60 in 3.2 seconds. A few little tricks up her sleeve. Do one more thing for me. What do you have in mind? Make me disappear. Tell me where he is. He's everywhere. You should go there. You're crossing over to a place where there is no mercy. You're protecting someone. Get away from me! Why should I trust you? Because right now, I'm your best chance of staying alive. This organization, do you know what it's called? Its name is Spectre. And do you know who links them all? Me. Welcome, James. You came across me so many times, yet you never saw me. What took you so long? Is this really what you want? Living in the shadows? Hunting? Being hunted? Always alone? I don't stop to think about it. <laughs> Thank you, Jacob, for dropping that trailer. In post-production, <laughs> Spectre is synopsis as a cryptic message from Bond's past sends him on a trail to uncover a sinister organization. While in battles political forces to keep the Secret Service alive, Bond peels back the layers of deceit to reveal the terrible truth behind Spectre. Starring, of course, Daniel Craig of other James Bond movies, Christoph Waltz <laughs> of Tarantino movies, uh, Leah Sido of uh, Blue is the Warmest Color and Being Really Hot, Ray Fiennes <laughs> of uh, Schindler's List, Monica Bellucci of Matrix Reloaded, and uh, that is your cast of Spectre, directed by Sam Mendes, who uh, directed American Beauty. And, and Batista. Oh, and Batista, that's right. And some hot black girl. Dave Batista with one line. Yeah, that's right. One word. Yeah, he did. That's, <laughs> I mean, he's a wrestler. Yeah, well, he, he, was, he, was, he was good in Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy. That's true. 
And yeah, that black chick. What Naomi Harris is her name, and I know I know her, and I'm, I feel terrible because she's she's a legit actress, and every time I see her, I like her, but I cannot remember what I know her from. Uh, oh, she's, she's in, in Skyfall. Skyfall, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh she's in the Pirates movies. Uh, she's in Twenty Eight Days Later, and uh, yeah, Southpaw. Okay, and Mandela. Anyways, uh, Spectre. I'm gonna let Jacob go first. I think um, just in talking. I believe that Jake is probably the biggest James Bond fan of the three of us. So I want to hear what you have to say about this movie first. Well, I was actually going to ask you all if you like James Bond films. Yeah, we should probably discuss that at the beginning. In general. Now, now Rachel (laughs) loathes them. Am I correct? I'm not Not loathes as a strong. You just just don't care. I I don't care. Don't care for him. Uh, I don't like action movies in general. And then spy movies are all the exact same movie. Um so, no, I'm not a big James Bond fan. That's actually my biggest complaint about spy movies. Mine isn't necessarily a thing it's James Bond. I'm just – I mean, every every spy movie is basically – I mean, you know at some point somebody's going to be a double agent. It's going to be somebody in the organization. It's There's always, some sort of like syndicate bad yes, thing. There's some hot girl. Russia's They're going to have sex. Hot girl. Yeah, which is cool. <laughs> I, I do like – here's what I like. We discussed this before. I actually like the old school Bond movies more. Uh, there's kind of this divide, I think, amongst the uh, Bond fans. Some like the newer uh, movies. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> some like Roger Moore. Some, some like, like Sean Moore. Connery. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, Pierce Brosnan. There's, there's a line in this room. <laughs> the cool side, like Sean Connery. The non-cool side sitting right there. <laughs> but for me, I really, whether it be Sean Connery, Roger Moore is my favorite, I will say. But, I mean, I do like Roger Moore, Sean Connery. My thing is I don't like these new Bonds as much, even though they're they're well-made. They're super sharp-looking. Uh I just think that they're Jason Bourne movies all over again. I like my Bond witty, womanizing, uh, brunette, and uh, throwing out one-liners. But that's me. Uh, so I like Bond. I don't love Bond. Jacob, though, you're a pretty big fan, right? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I like spy movies, but I generally like the smarter ones. That's why I still like the Jack Ryan. Like, But I'm not sure. Those are still kind of well, these spy movies, though. So, But I was thinking about this earlier. Here was a year that we had... A you know, Bond movie came out. We had a Mission Impossible movie came out. Yeah. And, of course, we had the comedy spoof, Spy, yeah. that also came out. True. And, and kind of when comparing all three of those movies, I, I mean, um, I'll just say this real quick because we're not reviewing the film just yet. It's the third on the list for me. Oh, really? It is for uh, yeah. me as well, but I'm surprised it is for you, which is funny that a spoof, actually, Spy would be my number one of the Mine three. as well. Uh, I have to double check where, I, where I have it listed, but... See, like I Daniel, I like Daniel Craig a lot as James Bond, and um, Sean Connery's still my favorite, but Daniel Craig's number two. Um, I I don't mind these movies if it just brings me something new. Um, I the thing is that the Bond always follows a certain formula every time, and, and it kills me. I've, they all run together in my mind because of that. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's true. Except for when they start, like maybe a, a I don't want to say a reboot, but when they start up a new actor so we right. have something kind of new there True. maybe in a new decade or say last time they brought in sam mendez so for the first time we had a great director yeah you know true. doing a, a bond film so you know that was nice for last film and actually i thought this film looked great too but let's just get down to the brass tacks of it you know i thought this is one of the most mediocre cliche show me every bond trick i've yep. seen in any bond movie yeah 
And outside of the directing, I was pretty thoroughly uh, disappointed. Interesting. I wonder, I I really was trying to look for it before we started this. So I was trying to find some of the Sony hack storyline. And I wondered how much of it they may have changed after they got hacked. I could not find Uh, it quick enough. That's what I was trying to look for Mm -hmm. before we started. I just didn't have time. Um, But I just thought everything was anticlimactic in this. Right. Yes. Um, But the filming, I... I thought there were some great elements in filming the, the the movie that were really nice, but other than that, I I just wasn't a fan. And um, I don't know, Rachel. How about you? That's you pretty much nailed it. I'm not a big fan of James Bond to begin with, but I called the double agent from the second we saw him. Like it was just very. I sure, I got really bored guy. with it. I got <laughs> really bored with it. Um, but it did look really nice, and that tracking shot, that really long tracking shot that they had at the beginning was really impressive. Yep. Um, so there were redeeming qualities as far as the way things looked, but the storyline and the characters and everything that was happening, I just was not interested in it at all. I caught that tracking uh, you know, pretty quickly, Yeah, and, and it was great. It, it was. went on for probably like, what, five minutes or long. so? There must have, Yes, it, it did, and there must have been a quick edit in there when he stepped outside the window, and I'm still trying to figure out how they filmed him over the top of him mm-hmm. as he was walking along the rooftops. Yeah. I was like, where's the camera? Awesome. Yeah. That was um, awesome. I thought that was such a great... And it made me think of the Godfather 2 tracking shot that we talked about yeah. because it was De Niro walking across rooftops. With a festival as a, going as on. As a festival yeah. going on, which was the exact same thing here. Yeah. So it, I, there had to be some sort of, you know, thought there. Up until the explosion, you know, from the building. And mm-hmm. again, always a reminder, we spoil things here. But up until the uh, the explosion, I, I, I really loved the look of it. I thought the yeah. black with the kind of... Uh, bone colored cream right was beautiful beautifully shot you know you were there in in, in mexico city with um day of the dead in that what that yeah that um, ho- um holiday is called yeah. it is uh it was just really cool looking and then and then we got the helicopter ridiculous helicopter uh, and that's what i always uh, hated about the pierce brosnan yeah. movies was the ridiculous action sequences of jumping out of planes they're all very and, ridiculous yep but i never had that problem with with these daniel craig bond movies because it seemed like pretty pretty decent um you know action it wasn't over the top i felt like not, not nothing rings a bell anyway as being over the top for these and especially casino royale because i think that's one of the best bomb films um out of all of them but then we had that and it was like oh god like I, I was just really surprised at that and from there on like you know I enjoyed it. You know, it was a two and a half hour movie. It didn't, Wait, you know, I, I, I actually long. didn't think it was that long, which I can catch in some movies. It, that didn't bother me, but I can get, I get why someone might think that, especially I thought when it was kind of super out. long. I checked the, the time at least four times in that movie. Well, yeah. Um, I thought the bad guy, Christoph Waltz, we barely saw him. Completely yeah, underused. Was, uh, that was, yes. He was the one thing I was most looking forward to because mm-hmm. it's Christoph Waltz and he's going to be a bad guy. Which and he's is, in it for maybe a total of 20 minutes. And when maybe. he was in it, I felt yeah, like maybe. He, he was the best part of the movie. He was. Uh, you know, but I still even then felt like he was... They did not utilize him. Yeah, he, he never even seemed dangerous to me. Right, no. exactly. That was the thing. Yeah, he did, he wasn't scary enough. He wasn't dangerous enough. You know, we had this backstory, and then this whole you know it was me the entire time, which like oh wow, so the entire we're supposed to believe you know all of Bond's life it was him you know kind of pulling the strings, which is a cool you know left you know throwing that out at us. That's cool, right? 
but give us more. If if he's truly the man behind Bond's misery, you know, and every tragedy that's happened, make him really dangerous. Make him really evil. Make him really something. And Christoph Waltz can do it. It's not yes. like they didn't have the acting power to do that. Yes. Well, and see, he that's the thing. Kinda, he seemed kind of like fun about it, like. Um, you ruined my life song. You ruined yours. <laughs> uh, cuckoo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was crazy. And then him still being alive. Come on. I mean, I knew it was going to happen because there's too much time in the movie. Absolutely. He was too. I mean, it was so obvious. There was a lot of like the Austin Powers. Like, I'm just going to leave you and assume you died. Okay. Yeah. Like, but three, you got good. three minutes. I'm going to take off. I bet. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, when you when you compare him to Javier Bardem or Marge Mc, Mads Mikkelsen. I mean, I don't know the age differences between them and uh, Christoph Waltz, but I don't really see Christoph Waltz as a more of a physical actor right. as we do like a, right. you know, a like imposing uh, as we do like right. a right. stage actor, just right. a dialogue actor. Right. Now, not that Javier Bardem can't act or, yeah. or Mads Mikkelsen for that matter. Yeah, they're both great. And they're actors. all great actors. Um, but I don't see him getting physical, so they were lying on the techie, smart guy, whatever. I just never got that. And that could be because of lack of screen time. It could have been because... Dialogue. Uh, yeah, dialogue was kind of corny. Yeah. Like, I mean, look, Javier Bardem was kind of a goofy character, but I felt threatened by him. Right. right. You know, I, de- I felt threatened by Matt Mickelson. I don't even know who the guy in the second, yeah. the Quantum of Solace. Yeah. I, I don't even remember yeah. half of that film. Yeah. Um, but it just never... Never clicked, and I kept waiting for it to. You know, now that Judy Dench is out of the film, and we have yeah. uh, Ray Fiennes as the kind of the leader of you know the Double Seven group. I forgot what they're called. Um, you know, he 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 didn't really do much either. So yeah. there were just multiple problems with this movie. Um, there was never outside of yes, it was technically done well. There still weren't any scenes. Uh, I guess that opening s- sequence was the, nice, but there wasn't anything after that. Like say, like that that silhouette shot in Skyfall where they have yes. the, the the fight scene uh, with the blue kind of yes. you know backdrop. I mean, it's beautiful. I never really had that here, and you know uh, the, the director uh, Sam Mendes, who you know did American Beauty and, and wrote yeah. a Perdition, he usually comes through he with does. his with his technical skills. Not that it was bad, but nothing really stood out. It was just very bland throughout the whole thing. The characters, the yep. storyline, the 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 directing. I mean, even, there's even like, nothing great about it. It, it. Well, and even like the big action sequences, uh, like think of the Mission Impossible. like every movie like, oh, that's the one where he hangs off the airplane. Oh, that's the one where he climbs the building. Like there's nothing in this that like you're like, oh, this, that, that this, stunt. Yeah, that stunt yeah. or that scene really – you know, that's I, actually. I heard that they broke the record for biggest explosion, that building explosion, and it was. I did notice. I was like, "Whoa, that's a big explosion!" So that was real. And, and okay, I, yeah, I was, was curious about and that. So that was cool, uh, but it's still like none of us thought of it. And I only thought of it because I read that article that said that it broke the record for biggest explosion. But I mean, yeah, nothing stood out. It looked pretty, but that's about it. I mean, that's why I prefer the Mission Impossible movies. I don't love Mission Impossible by any means either, but there is at least those action sequences I find more entertaining than I do in Bond movies. Yeah. And, and and to say they're more realistic is kind of stupid because none of them are realistic. But hey, Tom Cruise does all those stuff. That's true. He does he, do all he of is them, a crazy which is dude. really but impressive. The yeah. thing that you compare to compare that to Daniel Craig is like the number two guy to do all of his stunts as well. Right. Like when they when there's a list on Watch Mojo that did it, and Tom Cruise blows everyone out of the water, right. and like Daniel Craig is number two. Really, he does a ton of his That's stuff cool. as well. Um, so kind of funny coincidence. 
But I know what you're saying. I, now, as far as who's more charismatic, it's got to be Tom Cruise. Oh, oh by absolutely. Far. And right? that's another thing. That's another reason why I, too, like the Mission Impossible movies more. Just because he's a lot. I mean, that's it. He's more charismatic. He's more. Yeah, Daniel Craig is very stone faced. Always yeah. so serious. You and know, when he it. tries to be witty, cocky, it, it sometimes worked, but it didn't work in this movie. It yeah. worked great in. Yeah. Uh, in um, um, Casino Royale. Yeah, that was his best but one. Again, yeah. that was the first coming out with Daniel Craig, and that's why that's why I like Ethan Hunt more. But that's also why I like uh, that's why I also like Roger Moore and Sean Connery more as well. Because when it came to the witty stuff, uh, they just they deliver it better. He's he's just not he's great as an action star. He's great. He's a good actor. But he just can't get that part. Like, I, I just don't think it's in his wheelhouse. Uh, just one more thing on Christoph Waltz, because we talked about it. We, I feel like, you know, we, we talked about how they – his character in Inglorious Bastards is kind of like the perfect – you know, we you were talking about what was it that, you know, didn't hit. Uh, was it the screenplay or the, the lack of screen time or anything like that? But, I mean – in that, I mean, again, he's a small guy. He's not physically imposing, but he was still funny and witty in, in Glorious Bastards, but you were scared of him. Yeah. I mean, there's this, that could be because he had a German army backing him. Here we have Batista, who's his the guy backing him. Yeah. And listen, that was a pretty cool fight sequence. That, and I felt, was, like, I felt like Daniel Craig just got shit kicked out of him, which yeah. he did. Yeah. That was yeah. a really cool sequence. I agree. But again, I, I almost didn't believe that Batista died when he because he came back after getting right. thrown out the windshield yep. yeah and I, I thought he would come back again it just led me to believe that and it happened multiple times with multiple characters it whether it was Batista or Christoph Waltz it's like how many times can we bring back these characters yeah yep. um, I, I don't know I do think maybe my favorite scene besides the opening sequence was the scene where we finally after half the movie see Christoph Waltz you know he's in the shadows the entire time uh, Bond sneaks in, and and Batista comes out and takes oh, you know, yeah. the role from the dude. He's like, "What's your credentials or whatever?" And he just kills the dude right there. That I was a cool scene, like the typical like Bond bad guy stuff, like really throwing the shoe or the hat. Right. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's awesome powers. <laughs> <laughs> Who throws a you know, shoe? And he's got like these cool like metal thumbnails. Yes. Yeah. Then never uses them again. Yeah, yeah exactly. I thought that too. Again. I thought that too. It's like they're trying so hard to be quote unquote realistic, or whatever. But like when I think of like the old school bomb movies, like Jaws, Jaws, like that's what like sticks out to me. Those teeth, like they were so odd cool. job. They, yeah, they like that's, that's the hat, but yeah, yeah. But they they those characters become you know they stay with you because of those things. So if they would have used that more, it would have been a really cool kind of character trait. But he never used those again, which kind of sucked. But that scene was pretty cool, though. I did yeah. like that scene. And yeah. the re- reveal of Christoph Waltz and him looking up at Bond and all those things. But there are so many ridiculous things. I, you mentioned it, but I have to go back to that helicopter scene because that was the, one of the dumbest things yeah. I've ever seen in a Bond movie. Nothing so logical ridiculous. about it Nothing at logical. all. Why would Bond – I mean, like, all those people, there are thousands of people at risk, their lives. They're fighting in, in a helicopter. It's flipping up and down, which was ridiculous. And I and I also like the fact that like Bond is like this huge badass, but he can't like. It, it takes him twenty minutes to beat this like sixty year old out of shape dude in a helicopter. Like there's so many things <laughs> yeah. like about that. So I'm like, come on, just knock him out. I know it's going to happen. Yeah. This is stupid. This shouldn't be happening. There are just a lot of things that I kind of roll my eyes at in this movie. Yeah. I also roll my eyes. Remember uh, when the, the big car chase scene? I was about to and, bring the, that and up. then he does that. You know, he ejects with the you know mm-hmm. the parachute and all that. 
didn't make any sense to me how uh, Batista didn't see him. Because he had he, flame all over his windshield. Well, I remember that. That's the only thing I, mean, I could bank it off of, but I thought that was the most boring car chase. Yes, it was Super so boring. boring. <laughs> it lasted forever. Ugh. It was such a boring... Like, you're supposed to have this awesome car... That he that he stole, yeah. And there's not even guns in the. There's not even bullets in the missile launcher. I mean, come on. Yeah, and I like. How it wasn't like, even funny. No, no, I know. And I like how he waits like five minutes in between each thing. Like, okay, well, I guess I'll do the flames now. Like you could have right. been there, or like if this is like real life, you're like, oh crap, that didn't work. I'll try the flames. I mean, like there's so many things that are just ridiculous yeah. about it. Yeah. Rachel, you were going to say something a minute ago, but I don't know what it was okay. anymore. Well, one more thing I want to bring up then is your the Bond women. All right, so the Bond mm-hmm. girls. Yes. Um. So Leo Sado, huh? Oh, he was all over the map in this one. Go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I was really again. This is where everything just fell flat. Like obviously she's a beautiful woman, mm-hmm. but she starts off like I'm not going to have anything to do with you. She gets drunk, passes out on the bed, and the next thing we know, like they're on the train together. You know, they have the fight scene and then they're making out or she's wearing the seductive dress. It yeah. was just too easy. Yes. It was too Bond. Yes. And I, I just never believed it. I, no. I just had – and look, I didn't hate the movie. I didn't hate the movie like I've hated See, some did, movies I, this I year. I didn't either. I didn't hate it But either. I was just so disappointed. So it, it's just – it's so low on my Bond lists. But I generally like Bond movies. I generally like spy movies. It just – Never was that creative. It never wowed me. I never felt threatened by the the everything I've already said. The bad guy, the the bond girl, was as cliche as it gets. Yeah, I mean, she brought nothing new to the table. Yeah. In fact, the only thing she ever revealed was that the name of the the the, of the company or, or the bad guys were Spectre yeah. and where Lamerican was. Yeah, yeah. That's, true. that's it. She didn't do anything. Else. That's a good yeah. point. That is a good point. <laughs> Why did they even need to harbor her? I don't understand. <laughs> and they fell in love really quickly. Not, yes. like, not only did they have sex quickly, but I mean like she's saying I love you to him when you know he's getting the you know getting the whatever in the neck. Yeah, I never bought that love story at yeah, all. Yeah, like I mean like you've been together for like 4 days. How about the you... widow that sleeps with the bond yeah. right after the guy dies? Yeah. The same day as the funeral. Yes. And she's like crying like as she's doing it. Yes. Like where did this I come don't from? Understand. I, I that's such that is such BS. Yeah. It's so cheap. Yeah, cheap. Cheap's a good way. Like, uh. nothing was earned. Like, any of the emotions and feelings <laughs> that we're supposed to feel, none of them are earned. Or that the characters feel... And, and seriously, the, the biggest thing, I think the big reveal was supposed to be that, you know, the big ooh-ah moment was when Christoph Waltz said that it was always him. But I'm like, you know, like, ah, ho-hum. Information is all. Is it not? For example... You must know by now that the double O program is officially dead. <laughs> Which leads me to speculate exactly why you came. So, James, why did you come? I came here to kill you. And I thought you came here to die. Well, it's all a matter of perspective. I like think they it, were trying to tie hard. in these films together, but... It's just so, so simple. They're trying to make this bigger bad guy. And obviously, when they do this next Bond, because it's going to be Bond 25, the 25th, you know, Oh, it's going to be a film, big deal, yeah. You know, he's going to break loose because he's Spectre, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, or run Spectre or whatever. It's just, and how, it's too okay, convenient. So and we, it's just cheap writing. And the last thing, we Lazy mentioned writing. it already, but seriously, we just kind of glazed over it. But him escaping from one, that, that watch bomb that exploded right 
two feet in front of his face, and then the entire building explodes. <laughs> and he comes out, and he's just got like a scratch on his eye. Like, yes. What, like what? Yes. Like and nothing explained. Well, the scratch in the eye is a nod to the old Bond films, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe it's Doctor No. Okay. I mean, I think that's his name. I mean, it's been a while since I watched some of them, but he had the patch. You said that. That's that's why okay, Doctor Evil always had the patch, always had the scar. It's a nod to the old films, which I'm cool. So with So they're that. trying to recreate that's cool. that. That's why when he comes back, he's probably going to be wearing a patch. I'm cool you know, with that, and and of course the fluffy cat. Obviously, we yeah. get, you know we we, <laughs> we know this awesome. from Austin yeah. Powers. Yeah. It's a nod. <laughs> it's a nod to the old Bond films. Like I see the that cat can't be alive now either. <laughs> now that I think about it, yeah, if that true. cat survives, I'm going to really be pissed off. <laughs> I'm going to be pissed off if they don't have sharks with laser beams on their heads <laughs> and laser in beams. Oh, Austin Powers was so much better than every Bond movie. <laughs> Man, I mean so. I don't hate the movie, but it's so mediocre. So yeah. that means it's going to get a five or a six for me. Yeah, that, I, I would. That's exactly what I would say. The only reason I, uh, the only really redeeming qualities were, you know, the way it was filmed, the way it looked, and uh, I sort of liked Christoph Waltz. Probably just because I like Christoph watching Christoph right. Waltz, even though he didn't have much to work with. And mm. uh, the Bond girl was nice to look oh, at. She was beautiful. But she was. I mean, can I complain about how not attractive Daniel Craig is, real quick? Does he have a chin? No. He doesn't oh, have a chin. You're right. He, he doesn't, doesn't have a chin. at all. And I get like I'm not I'm not attached to Bond movies, but I understand who the Bond character is. And Daniel Craig just doesn't fit that at all to me. He's not smooth, he's not debonair, he's not He looks sexy. kinda he, he looks like a slightly better looking Ed Harris to me. <laughs> Actually, yeah, in yeah, his I defense, that, I don't actually. have a chin either, but for different reason, reasons. <laughs> <laughs> then you got two of them. <laughs> oh, that's, a that's what I was saying. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jacob would take this one. <laughs> I could take a bird. Please. <laughs> no. uh, but he's got big, goofy ears. He looks like he should be about 56. Um... Yeah, and he and he hooked up with like 40. a twenty-five-year-old or whatever she is. Yeah, like mo- I, I don't know. I, just I think don't. I think girls think he's sexy though. But 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 I know Misty told me that she doesn't think he's sexy I don't at think all. He's sexy. I haven't heard a lot of people think that Daniel Craig is sexy. Like Sean Connery, these other ones, I get, I get that they have this kind of sexy status about them. But I've never heard anyone really talk about I've, Daniel Craig. I, I, think I have he's heard some women. Yeah. yeah, I think more so his body. You yeah, know, he like does. That. He does have a pretty killer body. He's Remember gonna... the intro, like the cool yep. music intro, which I actually, actually, the Sam Smith song. Man, I like the song, part of but my... I didn't necessarily like the intro. It was weird. It's it was that. It's that shot that was in does... the, that was in the Casino yeah. Royale. That oh, yeah. he was walking off the beach in that yeah, tight blue a... sh- of ridiculous he's shorts, that... which was also a nod to old Bond films. Fix his face. Though. Yeah, he's got. He's got like an old guy face. You're right about the ears and the no chin. He's got a goofy no looking chin. face. But, and see, he's got I'm a okay with him not being perfect because... No, he doesn't have to be perfect. You know, I'm not saying this needs to be Brad Pitt or something, but... Right. He's he's pretty goofy looking to me. I, I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But I, I, there's, there's still some things about his charisma that I do like, especially the toughness part. That's what yeah, I really he's like good about, at being tough. Right, he's that's not what I really great like at about being my bonds. So Sean Connery and he were the tough bonds, right? Not the guy that got made fun of in school, uh, <laughs> Roger Moore. But Sean Connery was still <laughs> sexy and funny. Just throwing it out. No, no, he he had, he had it all. Sean Connery set the precedence for Bond, and for no sure. one could ever live up to that, in my opinion. For sure, I, I totally agree with that. <laughs> so it looks like 
Well, it looks like Brandon and I are on the same page. Uh, I certainly understand where Rachel's coming from. It's just not I your d- thing. It's I didn't. Thing. Well, and I didn't hate it. Sure. I mean, I liked it. It was. I understand even in, from my perspective, it doesn't even hold up to other Bond movies yeah. that I've seen. I'll give it a five. It was nice to look at. It's pretty boring. Yeah. So. I mean, in essence, it's kind of just typical action movies. Yep, yeah. That's they exactly don't bring what it much is. To the it, table. It's rare that they catch me off guard. Very Actually, formulaic. The other day, I was like, you know what? I can't believe I've never compared an action movie to a horror film. Always formulaic. Always follow the same right. line, and rarely yeah. they catch me off guard. Right. So. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, that's actually that's a good way. They, they, they are both like that. They are very, and that's why like that. I've always kind of mediocre on both of them. My friends like, why don't you love the Expendables? And it's a bad example, but you know, why don't you love some of the more of these action films? And I was like, you know what? Because I've seen it twenty times. Right. Yeah. So show me something new, and I'll and I'll be happy. And I agree. About I don't it. like really formulaic horror movies either. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. At least in horror movies, well, whatever action movies, you get good sequences, fight sequences. Horror movies, you get good, good scares. Jumps, yeah. So, whatever. That is our review of Spectre here on Pulp Fiction. Uh, anything else you guys like to add before we get to what we've been watching this week? Uh, that is Spectre. Uh, be sure to listen to our other podcast, our top five Pulp Fiction podcasts. Uh, you know, James Bond is one of the most iconic movie characters of all time, so we thought it would be fun to come up with our top five favorite movie characters of all time. But when we were doing it, we decided there were so many. We're splitting it into two lists. We'll have a top five protagonists and a top five antagonist list. Uh, But let's now get to what we've been watching lately. And uh, Rachel, I'm going to let you go first. Actually, you know what? I never go first. I always give it over to you guys. I'm going to be selfish here, and I'm going to take lead on this. Here's what I've watched lately. I actually, uh, there's this, you know, Halloween just happened just a week or so ago, and there's this new anthology. It was getting kind of a lot of buzz, speaking of horror flicks that are formulaic. It was kind of getting a lot of buzz in the uh, horror genre, and uh, it's called Tales of Halloween. If you like movies like Tales from the Crypt or the Twilight Zone movies. Creep Show. uh, Creep Show, yes. Then uh, I would suggest this movie. There was one called Trick or Treat uh, five, six, seven years ago that came out. It got a lot of buzz, too, and I was a little disappointed in that. But this one I actually thought was really good. And, Rachel, I know you watched it, too, because you were with me when I saw it. Uh, uh, Did you like it? We never really talked about it. I talked with my brother about it because we watched it with him, and I know he liked it. Did you like it? I did like it. Obviously, some of the stories were stronger than others, and I think they started stronger than they finished uh, yes, they did. But, the first few were definitely the best ones. And I was hoping there are 10 stories, which is a lot. That's a lot. And, and it was on, only like an hour and a half or it was just an hour over and an hour and 35 and minutes. Yeah. yeah. So it was, but it was, it, that's a lot of stories. Typically it's like three stories and right. then each 30 minutes, but these were shorter. Then you got the flip side where these like ABCs of death, there's like 26, 26. and they're like three, four, five minutes right. long. Um, I don't really like those. The VH, VHS movies. Excuse me, or another horror anthology series that's been out lately. Those are okay. Those are hit and miss. I felt like this was better than both of this, those. It was. It was because it didn't rely so much just on gore and sickness. There was some gore in there, but it, there, there was to me it never crossed the line of just like that's gross. It's just gross for the sake of being gross. Like some of the ABCs of death uh, shorts did. These were all for the most part really clever. Uh, some clever. of them were really out there and weird and didn't hit as well, or the reveal at the end wasn't as good. But I'd say that all of them, none of them were bad. 
There was a lot of I liked a lot of the callbacks and references. So if you're a horror movie fan, there's a lot of those. There is. Uh, there's to, a lot of like respect for, for other the Halloween yeah. and Nightmare on Elm Streets and Friday the Thirteenth. And uh, you know, it's a good mix of half of them are are kind of scary and half of them are more funny. Uh, but they're all themed around Halloween. It all it all this, happens in the same neighborhood, right? And so some of them kind of cross over some of the characters and stuff like that. But all that to say, if you're a horror movie fan, and especially if you like anthology um, horror films, I think it's worth a worth a watch for sure. Yeah, even after Halloween, you know, it doesn't have to be Halloween. Just if you're a horror movie fan in general, agreed. So there you go. That's uh, that's really the only one I want. I wanted to give special attention to that one. Uh, Rachel, anything else you'd like to talk about that you've watched lately? I honestly have not had a whole lot of time to watch anything this week, but I did go see Home Alone in theaters today. Nice. Yeah. Hey. So, How was it crowded at all? About half full. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, lot of good solid laughs, even though I'm sure all these people have seen it before. There's a few kids in there, okay. which always makes it more fun That's to usually have what kids I hear, laughing like, at it. People. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, you just can't pass up the chance to see Home Alone in theaters. I I watch it every single year. I don't know if you guys remember, but when we did my top, our top five favorite movies, it was actually my number five favorite movie of all time. That's how much I love Home Alone. And uh, it was cool for me to get to see it on the big screen again because it's been apparently 25 years since I've seen Evidently. it on the big screen. So it was cool to see it uh, in that way again. Uh, so, yeah. Jacob, have you watched anything lately? I mean, it's all older, older, two older movies. That's not even true. One came out this year. One came out years ago. Um, I watched uh, Inside Out again. Um, Hold up, second viewing, third viewing. Oh, third viewing. And nice. uh, oh, I, I still think it's an amazing movie. It, I, I, it's it's definitely one of the top ones I've seen this year. Absolutely. Um, I think it's ingenious, especially how it addresses adults mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Once again. People may not know this. We did review this film and we accidentally lost it, but I think we all thought very highly of the movie. Very much so. And I'm uh, looking forward to talking about it again when we do our top 10 list. I'm just saying it might come up. On it's mine. my number uh, one of the year so yeah. far. So It's absolutely going to be on I mine too. It, it, not to spoil it. Oh, but yeah. just <laughs> I, it that doesn't mean it's going to stay at number one, oh, but I, it, will be, it will likely stay in the top 10, I'm sure. Yeah, I, the, I have a feeling it will for me as well. It's just such a good movie. And the, the kids still like it, even though there's so many adult themes in it. Yeah, um, you know, because I watched it with my nieces and nephews, and so um, just really enjoyed that. And the other ones, I'm, I think I'm kind of getting geared up for the Star Wars. Um, you know, we haven't talked much about the trailers that are, that are dropping all over the place. They we, are. We had a third trailer that came out weeks ago for the the super, uh, the halftime football game. We had an international trailer that dropped. We had a TV spot trailer trailer that dropped. It all has new footage in all of them. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm a kid at Christmas, man. I'm, I'm an excited dude. And I even for the first time saw the third trailer today at the Spectre. And, uh, I mean, I got, I'm setting myself either up for failure or, <laughs> or success. I am so excited. So I watched Empire Strikes Back a couple nights nice. ago with my brother-in-law. And um, it's so good. The dialogue is so good in these movies. Uh, or in, in Empire Strikes Back, I'll just say that. Yeah. It's just, it's just written so well. And um, it makes you wonder what happened. Like, wh- like, how could they get it so right back then, and then mess it up so royally with the new ones? Well, it, I think a lot of it goes to practical effects. Well, I, I just mean the dialogue itself. Like, if you compare right. the dialogue in Empire Strikes Back 
Well, he hired so. writers for the Empire and, and Return of the Jedi. That's right, he yeah. did. Yeah, I totally he, forget. You're right. He had the premise of the story. That's right. But he hired writers. They they hired writers or whoever. He probably and, just didn't have enough money nowadays to to hire anybody. Yeah, to write that must the be a problem. Ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, Lawrence Kasdan was the writer, and um, that makes was so much one of the writers at yeah. least, and that's why they're bringing him in for the new ones. He actually said no when the prequels came out. He did not have anything to do with them. Really, and that's why. Um, He's doing these because the storyline's better. I have all kinds of theories on the storylines for this. Some good ones, too. I think some really solid, legit, you know, that we've probably seen it in other movies, but I think it's going to be... I've, I really think I've got the general storyline down. Nothing I've read in spoilers. Or I have ideas, but I won't spoil it now. <laughs> but I think it's going to be really good. With, and whatever. I'll have to talk to you about it off air if you want to hear about it. No, I do, I, I'm going to watch... I think it's going to deal a lot with family. You think so? Which Definitely. would be cool. Which would be cool. I'm going to watch all six of them before the new one comes out. Are so, you? Yeah, I am. I just, I, Well, I was talking to my sister about it, and uh, one of my nephews is getting really into Star Wars right now. He's only nine years old, but uh, he's, he's getting into it. So, But he hasn't watched all the movies, so he's just into the characters right now. So I think I'm going to watch it with my nephews, all six of them before the movie comes out. Well, the strangest thing is when I've watched the old ones with my nieces and nephews, like they love it. They know who Luke is, Darth or whatever. And then I showed them like, um, Phantom Menace here while back. And they're like, where's Luke? Like, and I was like, yes, <laughs> That's I was so proud. <laughs> yeah. I'll just say when I saw the trailer tonight, uh, at the Spectre viewing, like, I got emotional. Like I wouldn't say I was going to cry or anything, but I I got, I am really nervous. I might cry in this damn movie. <laughs> I'm, I mean, whatever. And I'm, but I won't, I'm not the only one. Um, but and that's just weird. Like a movie has that much impact. Yeah. On me. Yeah. I'm just that excited about it. I mean, I'm so excited. That's awesome. So though. I'm pretty pumped good, about it. And and I'm not a, a huge Star Wars feeling. fan. I mean, it's a great feeling. I mean, I don't know. It's it's just answering so many I guess complaints over the last 10 years but then like you know picking up on just one of my most favorite things ever ever yeah no I, I'm excited for you and all the huge <laughs> huge Star Wars fans like cause I'm excited about it uh, just as a movie fan I like the Star Wars movies I don't I don't love them like you know you and a lot of people do but I'm excited about them I'm, I'm really excited for you and, and those fans is there a runtime on it yet has it been released I'm curious just because you know, you talk about expectations and and all those things, and I feel like there's just so much that can be in this movie. I feel like it's going to be like one of those two and a half hour jobs. I expect it to be I'm two sure and a half hours. Well. It's got to be right. I mean, and even though it's it's a ways away, a lot of times they still have two hours run- and sixteen minutes. Sorry. Okay, cool. No, good. Well, good. That that's pretty significant then yeah. to me. It's uh, going to be a beefy movie. Here's something that's kind of cool. J.J. Uh, Abrams. Uh, uh, they did a pre-showing for a a fan who had terminal cancer, and they were able to show it. I just read this. They were able to show it to him uh, a week or so ago, and um, you know, mostly on Twitter, they, you know, when they talked about, it, they just said, you know, wish the best of the family, and it sounded like a really cool experience for the fan. That's awesome. And then he actually passed away a couple of days ago. Wow, which was really sad. But that is sad, but know, at the same time, but at the same time, like I would think, like. 
I don't know about a dying wish, but I mean, it was his dying wish, and I totally get that. And it's so cool that they did that. That is yeah. awesome. That so, really is really cool. How cool I think is that? They're doing the right things with this film, whether it's. And I know there's a lot of marketing stuff in here that can kind of goes along with that iPhone conversation we had last week, Rachel. <laughs> you know, that's just something that seems wrong about it. But this thing they got right. You know, not the movie. I'm saying like reaching out to fans. They right. realize how important this is to so many people. So man, that's so cool. Um, I mean, like I'm, I'm so not excited him passing away, but that's a really cool story. Yeah. Did, was he like? Did they do like send him a copy, or did they like have a special no, screening I think they, for him? I, I don't know if like Kathleen Kennedy showed up, but I get the impression J.J. Abrams was made. Man, made in how there. cool is that? Um, it just, it how just bad would it really... suck though if he was like, no, nah, that, that kind of blew. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly on Twitter, I, I think they just said thank you so much to uh, awesome. all the Disney production and. You know, everyone who had a part in doing this and for my family and, and uh, really cool. So that's that awesome. Um, I'm so excited. And gosh, I thought I was just going to talk about Empire Strikes Back for a second, but it went into all of this. <laughs> I'm just pumped, y'all. It, I cannot wait. We might we might review it. It when can't it comes be out. any worse. Let's just put it like that. Oh, it's absolutely. I feel like it's going to be definitely, obviously better than the prequels. And. Uh, I think it's going to be what fans hope the prequels will be. Like, obviously, it's never going to match the greatness to the original three. You just can't capture that magic again. But I feel like from all the buzz and everything I've read and, and everything I've heard about it and the attention to doing it right this time, I think it's going to be the closest it can ever come to kind of recapturing that the essence of the first ones and the magic of the first ones. Yeah. And I think it's definitely going to be a good movie. I'm pumped. All right. That's it for me. Okay. <laughs> that is Pulp Fiction, the one where we review Spectre. Be sure to listen to Pulp Fiction, the top 